Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. The podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Every week we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and preview all the action in the week to come. In this week's podcast, Ronaldo's triumphant Old Trafford return, Lukaku downs Villa at the bridge, Salah joins the 100 club and Spurs lose their 100% record. With that and much more to get through, let's talk football. Right then, hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Quickly, we've we've had an email, everyone. We've had an email. I'd like to start with the email so that everyone knows that we do we do listen in and we do listen to your guys and want to get our your opinions through. So, uh, Richard, I believe you've got that. I do. I have the email. So it says, "Morning, Chris and Richard. Just listen to sent to Croatia." Excellent. The best yet. And that's from best Sally. Yet. Thank you very much, Sally. Oh, it was a praise one. It is. Lovely. And she says, come on, you irons as well, but we ignore that. Come on, you irons. I mean, you know, I don't have an issue with West Ham. I know you do. <laughs> I don't have an issue with them. Just, yeah. <laughs> London. London rivalries, everyone. Yeah. Right. I want to talk first today so okay. we can get this out of the way and done with, and then we can get on with the rest of the podcast. Yep. Have your two minutes of Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo. Way he go. only went and done it. Oh, what an atmosphere. It was so good to see him back starting. I knew he was going to start. I had this feeling. And you know what? I've never been more confident of us winning a game than I was of us winning that Newcastle game. It was just We were just going to win it. I've never been... Like, I'm, I'm normally quite practical and like oh you never know sort of thing that's me i'm that i'm that fan i mean you did get a bit of a helping hand with freddie woodman indeed but i just there was just no way like that day and you know the way ronaldo is it was always going to go down that way he was always going to score we were always going to win comfortably even with the the bit in the middle i always thought we were going to come out obviously mankeo equalizing that put the cat amongst the pigeons for a little while it did but even after it i thought oh we're still gonna score we're gonna score another one we're gonna we're gonna win this game like i was just sat i've not felt that watching united for at least a decade where i've just i've just yeah just where where a team's got back at us and i've just gone yeah we'll score again i just i just knew it it was just it it was just one of those days i think i don't think it mattered whoever was there i mean it could have been city was his first game back, and I still think we'd have beat him. Probably. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. it was just that sort of occasion. Fairness, I got that when we, um, when we had the unbeaten season at the lane, the last season at the lane. You just rocked yeah. up to the home game, and you, you thought we're going to win today. No yeah. trepidation. No, we're going to win. Of course, we're going to win. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Crazy how it does it, but yeah, you just have that feeling in your stomach that you're going to win today. You just do. And I've got a little stat for you as well for Cristiano Ronaldo. So it was 12 years and 124 days since his last Premier League goal. There you go. That's got to be some record, isn't it? Probably. Time between Premier League goals. If it isn't, it is now. Someone will find out. Someone will find out. Email us. Email us and let us know. But yeah, yeah, I think if somebody's beaten that, fair play to them. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
we played well. Newcastle showed up for that, you know, with St. Maximin as well. They've always got that outlet. And he's so good on the ball that he can create problems. So they were they were creating problems for us, definitely. But just the occasion was always going to be how it was. I thought Matic played really well, particularly in the first half. Sancho had a few opportunities, a few openings in the first half as well. And he kind of quietened down in the second half. And then that the thing is, he, Ronaldo was obviously the talk of the time, but he didn't. He wasn't part of the best goal for me. I loved our fourth goal, the, the little passing that around Pogba into Banderbait, back to Pogba, Pogba, and then Martial gives it the dummy, and then Jesse's feet just to shift it and send it in the goal. Nice Such team goal. goal. It was my favourite goal, and even Bruno scored an absolute screamer. He did. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah. So yeah. Good day at Old Trafford. And I suppose next big was Lukaku also getting two. Yeah, they kind of swept Villa aside in the end. His first goals at Stamford Bridge, I believe they were. Yeah, first ever goal for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Considering his two spells there. Mind you, he didn't really play a lot, did he, in his first spell? He didn't, no. no. You know, he was in and, off, in and out on loan. and So, yeah, but it's nice... I thought Villa would hold up a bit more resistance than that. To be honest, I thought the Villa played really well. They had opportunities. They did in the first half. A yeah. really good block from from Thiago Silva. Yeah. And a few other opportunities, particularly Ollie Watkins, I thought was causing him a lot of trouble. Mendy was definitely the busier of the two keepers in the first half. Absolutely, and I just yeah. think once the once the second once the mistake happens with Mings for the second goal, yeah, which was a horrendous back pass. Yeah. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't brilliant. But he'll know that. Do you know what I mean? He's... Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need us to tell him that. <laughs> exactly. And so once that goes in, then it was always going to be tricky. And then Lukaku rounded it off, getting the third one. So a, a good, a good day, a good day, I think, for Chelsea. Yeah, the big guns are starting to lay down their markers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to talk about Tottenham? We can. What a mess! What a yeah. mess that was. Oh, yeah, particularly, I mean, it didn't help. That, I mean, Tandaganga getting sent off was obviously the turning point no, in the game. but then it had all fallen apart well before that. Obviously, yeah. with Lorries rolling the ball out to Dyer too short, Dyer gets injured, off he goes. Yep. Obviously, Roden come on, and I thought Joe Roden did really well, to be fair, coming into that situation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, obviously, nil-nil at half-time. Weren't quite sure how it was nil-nil at half-time because Palace had the far the better chances towards the end of the half in particular. And then, yeah, obviously the Tanganga incident with Wilf Sahar. Now, I, I... That was just bizarre to me, that thing. I yeah. was watching it. I just thought, what are they doing? <laughs> like the pair of them? I mean, I know really it was Tanganga was the, it seemed to be the, the aggressor of the yeah. two, to be honest. Obviously, Lucas Moura was down. We obviously, the expectation these days is the ball gets kicked out of play. Obviously, there is no law there's no rule to say you have to do it you can carry on playing if you like and obviously tanganga just shoved him over in the end yep and then obviously wolf got up and you know grabbed him by the cheeks which was like oh, hang on st- steady on son and then and then tanganga gives him a bear hug yeah well, i think he was trying to kind of restrain him from i disagree with that no what he was trying to do was keep the close contact to make zahar do something stupid maybe that's what he was trying to do but then our senior players should have got to Tanganga after that and said, look, don't do anything stupid for at least five minutes. Stay out of trouble for the and next ten minutes, the will you? the first thing he does, he tries to make a tackle. Are you yeah. passes it's the a, ball when he goes through him. It's a tackle like, he doesn't even need to make, is it? It's, it's literally no. born out of that. 
like anger that he got in within himself for that like he just he he lost his head didn't he he did he did lose his head and as i say hoyerberg or even Loris, harry kane should have gone to him and just said look keep your nose clean for five minutes and we'll be all right because i don't think he gets booked again if he doesn't do it so quickly and then and then the super sub on his debut yeah obviously edward did really well when he came on obviously yeah, obviously we had Ben Davies at centre half by that point, and Ben's not of course. Back. But I mean, for him to come on and in front of that crowd at Crystal Palace when they get up, they they go, don't they? They don't stop at Palace. But it's only one quarter of them do, but yeah, it was a special moment for him to come in. You know, a lot of questions were being asked: Can he come down from Scotland and score in the Premier League? Well, there, there you go. I've got, I've got to, and that takes the pressure off as well. Then, yeah, that was pretty much his first touch as well. It, Exactly, because, you know, he's not coming into the league, going to Palace and being expected to score 20 goals, is he? He's going to come in at Palace, and if he gets 12, 13, then that's that's a good return at a club like Palace. Yeah. And, you know, and he's well on his way to that, so it takes a lot of the pressure off it. So, you know, you can go one in three, can't you? Yeah, yeah. At a, at a Palace rather than a one in two, which you'd probably be expected a bit higher up the league. And it does leave us with a bit of a defensive headache coming into this weekend as well. Oh, yeah. Well, is, is uh, Davidson back? Davidson this is not back as far as I'm aware. Okay. No, no there's so a little Roden bit of... And, and well, someone else then, I guess. It'll be Roden and... Well, I suppose it's going to be Ben Davies at this point. Is there no one else maybe in the youth team? Not that I would say with certainty could come up and play in a game like that. No. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll have a little chat about the weekend shortly. Yeah, bad day at the office for us and as Frank... Well... That's pretty much undone all the good work we did in the first three games. Absolutely. Well, not really. I mean, you know, it's still you're still nine points. We are, but it's not the end of the world, is it? Do you know what I mean? No, but when you look at the chances that were created in the game, we didn't create anything at all. And I know we were missing a few players, but it's like, come on, you should be able to do better than that against Crystal Palace, with all due respect to them. Well, we'll see how you get on in the weeks to come. Yeah. Arsenal finally got themselves out of relegation. They did. They did. By scoring their first goal of the Premier League season. Tapping from Pierre. It was. It was a bit scrappy. It was a bit scrappy. You know, and there was talk about, off, was he offside? Was he not offside? And in the end, they let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure on it. I don't know at this stage. At some points, it's like, well, what is the rule anymore? <laughs> Which direction was the ball moving in? What was happening? It's ridiculous, but they had 30 shots at goal, Arsenal. That's a lot of attempts. That's a lot of How attempts. How many were on target? Seven. Not great. Not great. Why were they shooting from the halfway? I'll be honest, I didn't see much of this game. No, I only see the goal and a couple of the incidents. Norwich were unlucky, to be fair to them. Yeah. And I think Daniel Farker said on the sun, on the interview after the game, I'm fed up of being unlucky. Yeah, well, at some point, though, it comes down to your quality, doesn't it? It does, uh, yeah. And... You know, you can say we're unlucky, we're unlucky, but if you've not got the quality in the big moments, you know, it's like all the keepers made some good saves. Well, sometimes, is it good saves or is it bad finishing? Yeah. And and that's that's going to be the difference level. That's always the difference at this level. It's always the teams that can score at the big moment. You know, and Arsenal have got a top striker in Aubameyang, even if he has been out of form of, as late. He's still got the quality. He was in the right place at the right time. And he gets his goal. Yeah. That's sort of how it is, really. Yeah, it's going to be a long season for Norwich, I think. And then 
I mean, the sleeper game, really, because this was, I thought this was really the biggest game of the weekend, and I was surprised it wasn't televised, or one of the television channels didn't pick it up, was the Leicester Man City game. Yeah. That's a top six clash, isn't it, from last season, um, which was surprising, but it meant that Man City were able to just go about their business with all the eyes at Old Trafford, and then Lukaku in the afternoon, Man City, efficient. They were very, very good against Leicester. They were, yeah. It probably should have been more than one. Yeah. Yeah. It well, it should definitely should have been, and, and you know if they hadn't have scored, because the goal that they did score, there was a few bouncing around in the box before it got to Bernardo Silva. Yeah. If they hadn't got that goal, we're still going to keep coming back to that conversation about a striker. But Silva gets the goal, therefore, you know, in a big game, big tight game, they found someone to get a, get them a goal. Yeah. And that's sort of what we were talking about, wasn't it, the other week with with City? Yeah, if they can find that every week. They're going along nicely. Obviously, we caught them a bit cold on the first weekend. Yeah. But they've played a hell of a lot better since then. Indeed. And then quickly on to some of the other games. Uh, Wolves finally got their goals. They did. They did. One was an own goal, but they did get a goal in the league at last. It gets them going, though, doesn't it? It Against Watford. Yeah. Watford are struggling. They are. Again, it was was pretty even for the most part. But again, it just came down to finishing. Another debut... Debut goal scorer as well. Yeah, He Chan. He Chan Wang. Yeah, gets his gets his goal on his first appearance for Wolves. Yeah, it's a big there. And then Brighton with the last minute winner against Brentford. Yeah, good goal as well from Trossard. Yeah, yeah. they get, they're going along well. Brighton. He's so got far. a lot of quality. But yeah, they are. They're um the top six at the moment. Yeah, we'll have a look at the table in a minute. But yeah, well, they are six, aren't they? At the minute, on goal difference ahead of uh, somebody else, someone else, Tottenham. Who? Good for them. <laughs> Southampton and West Ham was a nil-nil draw. Yeah, and the curse of the manager of the month and the player of the month this weekend. Yeah. So obviously, Nuno was the manager of the month, and we got spanked by Palace. Mikel Antonio was the player of the month, and he got sent off. He'd get sending off, and I'll be honest, I didn't see that incident, but from what I've heard, it seemed fair. Yeah. Fair sending off. So nothing to... No, no, no complaints. They can have no complaints, West Ham. So good nil-nil for them. Points. To be fair, going down to 10 men, I mean, it was at the end of the game, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty much the last kick of the game. A bit of frustration probably kicking in. Probably, yeah. Moving on to Sunday, then. Leeds, Liverpool, I mean, very comfortable. I mean, before even before the red card for Leeds, Liverpool were already 2-0 up. Salah gets his 100th goal in the Premier League. I think the fifth fastest to do it, was he? Or the sixth fastest to get there in Premier League history to get to the big 100 mark. Yeah, I was surprised when they said that. But then when I thought about it, I thought, actually, yeah. no, he's... To be honest, I think Salah sometimes, (laughs) believe it or not, he's underrated to a degree. Yeah, it just goes under the radar, doesn't he? He doesn't always get the... But but it's strange because... He is that good, and he has been that good since he joined Liverpool. When you think how bad he was at Chelsea, yeah. Oh, yeah, the turn. Well, it was his move to, to Roma, wasn't it, where he, he built his confidence up, he developed, and then Liverpool just bought a complete Package. winger, yeah. goal scorer, forward, you know, who was going to come in and do do the business for him. And it was difficult, because when you look at Chelsea, when they had, you know, they had De Bruyne, didn't they? They had Salah. Yeah, they have let a few go, and now, Chelsea. And, to, and now, you know, fair play to the Chelsea scouting team, I think. They got those deals done when they were young players, but they just didn't 
they weren't able to develop at Stamford no. Bridge. But we all know why, because that's that's the model, isn't it? That has been the model, I should say. That's been the model since Abramovich took over. Yeah, yeah that they want the ready players. So Salah and De Bruyne weren't given the pitch time that they needed to develop at Chelsea. So they had to leave. They went away and both of them have come back and been two of the best players in the league. Probably, you know, over the last three or four years have been the two best players in the league. Definitely, certainly in the top five, yeah. So, you know, I think there's a there's a lot to be said about that. But, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea have moved, though. I know we're slightly going on a tangent now, but Chelsea have slightly moved because, you know, Ch- Chalabas coming into more game time. Mount's obviously broken through. Yeah. Hudson Adoy started for Chelsea at the weekend and he's getting some game time under Tuchel, so that's changing. Just goes to show what a transfer ban can do. Well, yeah. <laughs> In some respects, yeah. In some respects. Yeah, no, taking it back to Leeds, Liverpool, I thought Liverpool were very, very impressive against Leeds. They were very efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Leeds need to find the thing is I don't think they ever will under Bielsa, but they need a different way of trying to take these games on against yeah yeah you kind of you can't go all out attack well they're they're, it's the man marking i think that gets them yeah because they man for man don't they all over the pitch with that with that press yeah but once individually because it's how man united got against Leeds as well was once you beat your man you're in loads of space yeah and you know when you're doing that against mane and salah and giving alexander arnold that freedom down the wing, yeah. Exactly, all that all that space he was getting just to be able to whip a ball in from deep or, you know, play a, get a man in. It becomes difficult, you know, and obviously we need to talk about Harvey Elliott as well. That was a nasty, nasty challenge. That was a nasty challenge, yeah. Obviously, you, anyone that saw it was like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been for surgery on, his, on it now, so we Hopefully. wish him a speedy recovery yeah. and hope that he comes back showing... That it doesn't affect him essentially, isn't it? You know, because yeah. these injuries to young players can have have that effect. But they can better, better. Well, in past years, maybe so, maybe less so now with the you know better medical understanding around these types Hopefully, of injuries. Because he's a very good player, Elliot. Yeah, he showed some really good potential, hasn't he? Yeah, but yeah, back just on to Leeds quickly. They do need to find a new a plan B. They cause... do against the top clubs. Cause I think against. You know, against a lot of teams in the league, they'll be able to do that and match them because they've got that level of quality in the team. Yeah, they will. Do you think it's more of a sort of like a second season thing with them? Obviously, they've had their first year back and everyone's kind of right. This is how Leeds play. This is how we beat Leeds. Yeah, I think I think so. There might, there might be with the top teams, but I think I still think against your mid-table teams, like that area going down. So, you know, your Brighton's, your Brentford's, um, maybe even your West Ham's to a degree. They'll be able to match them. Yeah. They'll be able to play that way. Um, but it will be against City, United, Liverpool, where where, where they'll struggle. But And I just don't think Bielsa's going to change the way that they play. Well, why because would he? Because yeah. his whole training regime is built around that, isn't it? Yeah. It's built about the high press and... yeah. And one thing I did, well, yeah, yeah. One, but one thing I did think about actually over the weekend after that result was, if they stop picking up points and wins, is that going to affect the players' attitude towards the training regime? Because obviously, while you're getting points and you're doing all right, the players will stay on board with it because it's worth it to them. 
if they're getting drilled and run ragged in training and then they're not seeing that it's working on the Saturday or the Sunday, the level might start to drop. It and could that do. Will frustrate Bielsa and that could lead to a bit of trouble. It leads potentially potentially Potentially. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. And it's I suppose it's similar to when Pochettino came in at Spurs. Obviously he's a disciple of Bielsa's. So it's kind mm. of that same methodology of the press, the high press. And it took us a while to get used to that, to be fair. Obviously I know they've had a couple of seasons of it now and when Pochettino tried to adapt it a little bit, it didn't really work at first, but then we yeah. got round it. Yeah, it's going to be a a difficult couple of months for Leeds, I think. Once they start getting wins under their belts, they'll be all right, but they've just got to get that first win on the board, haven't they? Yeah. Right. Uh, and then Monday night football, I guess, is the last thing just to briefly talk on. I thought Everton played really well. They did. What a goal from Andros Townsend. Oh, yeah. I mean, what he has them. In the, he, he's got them in his locker, though, hasn't he? He has. Absolutely. He's got them. Like, it just, he can just change a game in an instant. And there was just that madness, like, what, 10, 15 minutes in the second half, really, where all the goals came. Yeah, four goals in 13 minutes. Yeah. I, think I was watching the Michael Keane one, actually. The, Michael, the, first, the first Everton goal. Yeah. I was a bit surprised. It must have caught Pope by surprise, because he didn't move. And I think he could have got to it. That was the near post header, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it went in straight on the near post, but I just looked at it and I saw it and I just thought, why is the, why is the keeper not gone? Because Keane was far enough out. It wasn't as if he was real close and he's just got a nick on it. I mean, I'm sure they were out, you know, towards the 12, you know, the 12 yards where, you know, where the penalty spot is. Yeah. And I kind of felt that that's where he headed it from, from the front. I was just a bit surprised it caught him. Well, it caught him by surprise, and it seemed to. Maybe he expected the defender to win the header, maybe. But even so, you know, you're a goalkeeper. You you do have to anticipate anything, yeah. But, but it's not so much that. It's, you, as a goalkeeper, you've always got to have your eye on the ball, haven't you? You've always got to know where the ball's going, because that's how you get your reflexes. Yeah. Your reactions as a goalkeeper, you need to be able to see where the ball's coming from. So you need to have eyes on And he seemed to have... I mean, because it wasn't as if there was a lot of... And men at the front of the box for Burnley, no, like in front of, of his eye of line. Yeah. It was just a line, wasn't it? The line yeah. that was defended. Yeah, and you had the two sitting in the six-yard box, but then you had the line of defenders across the penalty... Well, what was the penalty spot, really? You know, I was just a bit... I thought he could have got to it, to be honest. Unusual for Burnley as well. Yeah, they're normally pretty solid at, at set pieces, but, you know, at 1-1, Townsend pulls out the wonder, and then Burnley are just throwing people forward for whatever reason. I... I was a bit surprised they did it as soon as they did because it was pretty much right after the goal, wasn't yeah. it? Back to back, it was very, very quick. And Burnley got caught on the break, kind of pushing it straight away rather than just kind of trying to set themselves again. It seemed a very unburnley way of going about it, to be honest, to yeah. kind of just go at them straight from the kickoff again. Well, normally what you would say is you would say, if you can see the goal, type five, keep it tight yep. for five minutes and just sort of, Get your bearings back and then... Yeah, especially then away from home. Get the yeah. crowd quiet again. Build yourself back into it. I was a bit surprised that they kind of went that early. Like, it was literally straight from the kickoff again, wasn't it? And then the ball comes through and, and I thought, you know, Grace showed some really solid composure, he really. He seems like a bit of a bargain at the moment, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, no, they, they did so well to get him. I mean, I was really surprised they did get him that cheap when he came back. I was, you know, I was surprised. You know, he wasn't getting the chances at Leicester before he left, but that was 
for different reasons and then he goes away has a really good season in germany and then i always thought he, I, you know i've always liked him as a player yeah he's got a lot of pace hasn't he and i think his year in germany he's added that finishing composure to his yeah. game yeah so yeah no good for everton now, if you're wondering why we're not talking about European football, as in you're hearing this on Friday and everything's happened, just a reminder to you all, well, we record this on a Tuesday, so we haven't seen any European games yet. Nope. So, that is why. Good luck to everybody who has played in Europe this week, though. Yes, good luck for the games you've already played. Right, so let's move on to the next part of the show. Richard, I believe you've got something for us. I have. So, we've been having a chat in between podcasts about what we can fill the middle of the podcast with. Now the transfer window has closed. And I think I've found what we're going to do. So I found a website called Football Day by Day. And it gives you key events that have happened on each day of the year. So what I thought I'd do is I'd have a look at the weekend that's to come. And I'll give you all of the good things that have happened on this particular weekend. So, for example, on the 19th of September, 1926 the San Zero played its first official game. Oh, there you go. That's a, a special moment. It was. It was a friendly between AC Milan and Inter Milan because at that time, AC were the only occupants of the I was San about Zero. Were they, did they ground, were they ground sharing from the get-go? But they weren't. They weren't, no. Inter moved in in 1947, incidentally. Uh-huh. Then another one. Okay. In 1999, Bobby Robson became the manager of Newcastle United. And they won 8-0 over Sheffield Wednesday. I remember that day. And Alan Shearer scored five. Yeah, that's why I remember that day. And Shearer being Shearer. Shearer was just on it that day. Obviously, Bobby Robson, great manager. Really was. Former England manager. Former England manager. The semi-final in Italy in 1990. Well-beloved character. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Love Bobby Robson. And then the last one, which I thought it was quite funny, and it did make me chuckle. It's a very big day, the 19th of September. Right. Because in 2007, Jose Mourinho mm-hmm. was sacked as the manager of Chelsea at the first time. Wow. Big day. That was after a Champions League game, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? I believe so. It just says after an unimpressive start to the season. Yeah, no, they they did have a, They were really bad because... They brought Avram Grant in, so you knew they must have been struggling. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, if they don't bring Avram Grant in... Actually, to be fair to Avram Grant, I thought he did a really good job with them that season. I was partly, I was really joking before, because he got them to a Champions League final. He did. That year. And he got them back up where Abramovich needed them to be, didn't he? He did. He also got them to the Carling Cup final that year. Of, D, of course, yes. And they lost to Tottenham. They lost to Man United in the Champions League final, so I think I'll win that one. Damn it. That season. Same season, sorry. But yeah, the special one became the sacked one. Oh dear. No? Does that not work? (laughs) I mean, it does, but it seems a bit toxic. Never mind. (laughs) All right, moving on then to our next part. So if you're just tuning into the podcast for the first time, we're big football manager fans and we enjoy it. And back in... Football Manager 2015, we thought it'd be a good idea to follow a wonder kid. So, from Football Manager 2015, we've got Gianluca Guardino, and we're kind of following him this season to see how he's getting on in his career. So, Richard, have you got any updates for us? I have, and it's a bit of a sad update for you, podcast listeners. 
what's um, happened. Uh, Gianluca has been, he's tested positive for COVID. Oh dear. So he's now in quarantine. He didn't play the game against Hamburg at the weekend. Uh, they lost the game, incidentally, 2-1. That's because they were missing their wonder kid. It was, they were missing their wonder kid. Absolutely. That's a shame. Well, we, we wish him a speedy recovery. We wish him a speedy We're doing a lot of speedy recoveries today. We do. Well, you know, it's, uh, well, particularly Harvey Elliott's one was a bad one. And this is, obviously, we don't really know how he's doing. No, but we need our wonder kid to get better. We do need him to get better. And get back on the field, albeit in a supporting role, it seems, so far this season. Yeah, well, let's get him back in. Come on, Gianluca. Get Come back. On. We wish you a get well soon. And let's get you back on the pitch, getting all the goals and the assists as the wonder kid that you are. Okay, so moving on from that unfortunate news for Gianluca, we must preview the Premier League games coming up at the weekend. Take us away, Richard. So we're starting tonight with Newcastle versus Leeds. That is the 8 o'clock kickoff on your Friday night. Then we move to 12.30 on Saturday where it's Wolves against Brentford. Then there's a few 3 o'clock games as well this weekend. Norwich take on Watford. Burnley take on Arsenal. Manchester City take on Southampton. Liverpool take on Crystal Palace. Before the 5.30 game, Aston Villa versus Everton. Sunday, there's three games on on Sunday. Brighton versus Leicester. West Ham versus Manchester United. And the big one, the London derby between Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea. That afternoon kickoff, Spurs Chelsea is going to be big. Yep, zero cut, zero carbon, and whatever. Yep, it's going to be. A, it's always a big fixture as it is, isn't it? That one. Yep, down the years, obviously. Obviously, we went like thirty games without beating Chelsea. November yep. the fifth, two thousand and five. There you go. Michael Dawson and Aaron Lennon scored the goals. Nice. That would have been Mourinho era, wouldn't it? As well. Yeah, we were the first. I think we were the first team to beat. Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. There you go. Under Martin Yole at the time. Very, very good. Obviously, with your defensive issues. Yeah. At centre back, and you've got Lukaku coming down. Yeah. I'm it's waiting for the call a... from Nuno, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't play centre back. I wouldn't. I, I, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do you know what? I don't even think it's worth it because up against Lukaku, you're going to wish you hadn't. I'll just back him down. I mean, you won't. I think you could kick <laughs> Lukaku, right? You could kick him with all you've got in the legs, try and take him out, and his leg would still be there, and you'd have a broken ankle. <laughs> Probably. I'm I'm sure of that. He is one of the strongest footballers, and considering his athleticism has improved leaps and bounds since since he left Man United. So yeah. he's he's quicker. He's stronger. I mean, he was strong when he was, you know, he was a, he was, he was just, he was more muscle and strength when he was at United, and he, he was a lot, he was a lot, mus, mus, more muscular, so a bit bu more bulky, and then he kind of leaned himself out after he left United. I think he realised why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't fancy him, and it was because of his pace, I think. Yeah. And he, he wasn't quite at it, but then he, he's leaned up a lot in his year away, and he, he just looks a different man. I mean, you're not really helping me here, are you? I don't think. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I, I don't I know what we're going to do. I can't see anything other than a Chelsea win. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably. But it's a London derby. Hopefully, 
fingers crossed we might have a couple of players back. Obviously, there's some debate whether Davidson Sanchez will be back in the country by the time we play Chelsea or not. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because apparently there are players that were in the Colombia squad who have flown over with their Champions League teams and they're allowed to enter the country without needing to quarantine. Happy days. That doesn't make any sense, but never mind. So, yeah, no, it's going to be a tough game against Chelsea. Obviously, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, with them laying down a marker, obviously City are starting to find their feet. Liverpool, Manchester United, the usual suspects are starting to, to lay down a marker for the season. And I think oh, they it's are, a yeah. very big game for us. Yeah. So um, let's just wind us back to the Friday night. We were talking earlier about Leeds. Um, they've got to go to Newcastle. They have, yeah. And I, I think this is where you'll find Leeds' approach will work for them and i fancy leads here you would like to think so wouldn't you yeah you know as much i mean we all we all kind of i don't know i have a soft spot for newcastle football club obviously i'll say we all sunderland fans will disagree and And middlesbrough fans but (laughs) you know even though you know we had the old keegan thing in the mid 90s i've always kind of liked newcastle as a football club yeah they were obviously they were the entertainers weren't they back in the day I feel for Newcastle. We're even, you know, even into the Bobby Robson years and that. Um, yeah, yeah, they were obviously Champions League football. You know, they 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 were less likable once Sunes turned up, just because Sunes was there. <laughs> but you know, and and so yeah, and it's it's a shame to see the struggles that they're in, and watching match of the day and Alan Shearer is just complete like, well, this is this is just it. You know what I mean? It's like you you can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. He wishes he could roll back 20 years. I bet he does. Get him in that team. Imagine, though. It, imagine having St. Maximum passing balls into Shearer. Oh, he'd have a field They day. would actually be a force. Yeah, he'd have a field day. <laughs> yeah, he'd, be, he'd, he'd have got to 300. Yeah. No time. So, yeah, Leeds to win on Friday, we reckon. Yeah, I fancy Leeds in that one. Uh, the lunchtime kickoff, then Wolves-Brentford. That's going to be a good game, that. Yeah. Although, do you know what? I think I think Wolves win. I think Brentford have showed their early, early sign, their early flash. But you know, if they could, they need to keep a level Brentford that they've kept in those first few games. Yeah, obviously Thomas Frank, much like Bielsa, he's not going to change the way Brentford play. Yeah, they're going to play yeah. on the front foot. They're going to try and and that's what's going to make do it what entertaining. They want to do. Yeah, and Wolves obviously they picked up their first win last week. Yeah, be an interesting one that one. Arsenal going to Burnley. Be a test for Arsenal. I can't call this, and it, I shouldn't. We shouldn't be at this point with. We shouldn't be thinking about Arsenal going to Burnley and and Burnley winning. Should should we really? No. Every pundit in the world should be going. Yeah, Arsenal win that easy. You know, even if Burnley have a good day and and shock them and get a draw beforehand, everyone should be saying now Arsenal should win that game and we'll win that game. Yeah, but I just I can't. I can't say it. No, obviously Burnley have not exactly set the world on fire so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously at home against Arsenal, if they play their usual game against the bigger sides, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and Arsenal, Arsenal have struggled against these types of teams in the past. We know that in, in yeah. recent past anyway. Um, you know, just the size of Burnley, they'll be aggressive, they'll get in on them. You know, we don't want to see stuff like yeah. we don't want to see Tarkovsky do what he did against Everton. 
and Richarlison. We don't want one of those tackles, which he seemed to get away with, which was weird. Yeah. But, yeah, we want to... But, you know, they will come at Arsenal in that fashion. And so it'll be interesting to see how how that goes, that game. Yeah, will. Yeah. Then Liverpool, Palace. Liverpool, I think they'll, I think they'll beat Palace easily, to be honest. I think they'll have a relatively comfortable afternoon at Anfield. Probably Crystal Palace are obviously certainly a different side away from Sellers than what they are yeah. at home. Yeah. And I think that and I think the same for City at the Etihad against Southampton. Yeah. Maybe two or three. Southampton they don't look very good in front of goal so far this season. Yeah. Well they've lost they've lost a lot of goals, haven't they? They have, but obviously they've still got good players up front. Obviously Che Adams is a good player. Yeah, but I, I like Che Adams. He's he's a runner and he'll run all over the place, but he's not a goal scorer. No, he's a winger, isn't he? They've they've lost their goal scorer and it doesn't make sense. No. Obviously they cashed in before he ran his contract down. Yeah. So that's why I think Southampton are gonna struggle anyway, but you know, whoever you know, they were going whoever they had up front when they go to Man City this season, I don't think it would have made much of a difference to the result that they'll probably get on Saturday. Yeah. Norwich Watford. That'll be an interesting one. It will, obviously, two promoted sides together. Yeah. It's always interesting to see, because then you see where they're sort of at, then, don't you, compared yeah. to last last year and the level that they're at. I fancy Norwich might win that. I though. do, actually. I think Norwich will probably win that. Uh, and then the evening game, very interesting one, Villa-Everton. Always a big Premier League game, that one. Yeah, it's obviously two of the founding members yeah. of the Premier League. So um, I fancy... Oh, do you know what? That'll probably be a draw, that one. Score draw, that one, I'm calling that. Yeah. Um... Everton are playing really well. Villa, like I said, they showed signs against Chelsea, but... Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to go... I'm going with an away win. For that one. You're going with an away win. Well, either, that could happen. You know, I'm not going to... No one's going to go, Haha, that's never happening, because it, it's one of those games that's for proper... You know, both of these teams are trying to push into the top half of the league now this season, aren't they? Yes, that top six is going to start to get very congested with all those teams trying to push for it. Yeah, yeah. so um, we'll see how that goes, that one. Sunday's games, then we've talked about Spurs-Chelsea. Brighton-Leicester, that's actually going to be a really good game. It well, is, you know, yeah, we, we discussed Brighton really earlier well. and saying Brighton are playing really well. Leicester didn't really have their best game against City. No, it'll be a test for Brighton. And it, again, it's that sort of yardstick in the ground of to say... Right, this is where we are. Are we further ahead or are we further back yeah. than where we thought we were going to be? I, I, I still fancy Leicester to win. Yeah, because be they're honest. a better team on the counter, aren't they? And yeah. they'll be on the counter against Brighton. Brighton, will, it'll be down to Brighton to put Leicester under pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. And then, you know what? I think West Ham away for Man United is going to be tricky. Yeah. I mean, I'd love, I'd love him to start Jesse Lingard, <laughs> just to, tr- just to troll West Ham a little bit. It's um obviously historically, it's always been a tough fixture for you. Hasn't it, it has been, yeah, it has been over the years. But I think that what you've got to take into consideration, obviously, they're playing on Thursday, West Ham. Yeah, that's true. They're not necessarily going to be used to that, and I think obviously they've not got an Antonio as well. He'll be suspended. Yep. That, that's an also a very good point. I think you'll probably come away with that. I think we'll, I think yeah, I think we'll win, but it's going to be tricky that one. It will because West Ham are a totally different team without Antonio at the top of the pitch. Yeah, 
don't even know who's going to play up front for them because I don't think they have anybody. Yeah, let's get Ronaldo on another hat. Let's get Ronaldo a hat trick, please, in the London Stadium, and let's just all go home happy. I mean, apart from the West Ham fans, fifty-eight thousand people won't go home happy. Yeah, no, probably not. Not if that <laughs> happens. But they can at least go home and say, "I witnessed Ronaldo score a hat trick at West Ham." It's not for West Ham. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that can live with them forever. You, you're going to see, and this is the thing. I mean, maybe I'm getting a bit carried away, but all these players, opposition players, are going to be able to say, I played against Cristiano Ronaldo in the league. And if you have any complaints to make, folks, it's Let's Football Pod on Twitter. Yeah, you can do that. We love the interaction to get involved. So, yeah, I think that pretty much is all from us this week. Yeah. Podcast number six in the can. It is done. As they say. It is done so yes thank you very much for listening as richard just said you can tweet us at let's football pod on twitter or send us an email we had an email we told you about the email at the start of the show let's talk football podcast 442 at gmail.com that's let's talk football podcast 442 at gmail.com that's how you can get in touch with us send us any questions that you might have any opinions on some of your players and you know we'll 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 get through them on the show. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with lots more news and stuff that's happened over the weekend of the football. So have a wonderful weekend of football. Hopefully the European games have gone really well. But in the meantime, we will see you all very, very soon. Goodbye.